Welcome to the Just What I Needed to Hear podcast with Yoga Farm Ithaca, where we teach you how to live the principles of yoga both on your mat and off the mat in the living curriculum of your precious life. Like I was fortunate in a way that my path with addiction like got so brutal, like because I just dove in so deep. Many, many struggle with addiction and don't even really call it that. It's not so obvious that there's something that's there that that is there's the, the lessons and the learning are there. You know, nearly everyone in our society is addiction, addicted to something or some things. For some, it's, you know, sex and relationships or cycling through and the next thing. For others, it's shopping, you know, social media. For some of us, it's alcohol you know, things that someone would call drugs, right? Which even that is, you know, a fuzzy word. And, you know, now my, I'm sure most of you know, my struggle was with marijuana. I got stoned every day for about 15 years straight. And now it's like getting, now it's legal all over the country. Like, you know, without education, without proper context, it's getting easier and easier for for people to get into it. You know, for me, it was a, a full-on, I used it as a full-on avoidance strategy, and, and Daniela likes to teach when she's teaching about addiction that, especially with substances, that we're attracted to a substance, that we, that we use a substance that actually is a kind of a medicine for us. It's actually serving a purpose. So I, I, there's, I think maybe there's about three things that really helped me turn the corner. First, I had to be really sick and tired of being sick and tired. So... I had to hit my knees and cry and I had to get sick and tired of being sick and tired. So just being sick and tired of it was enough to try to do something about it. And it wasn't enough to finish. The, the second thing is I needed help. I was stuck. All my attempts to get myself out of it failed. And I'm really glad they did because that process was my greatest teacher. You know, it was very important for me to go through that process. I needed, it was a humbling process over those years. You know, for the first half of my 15 years, I I called it a sacrament and, you know, all these things. And the second half of the 15 years, I'm like, oh shit, like I'm really stuck, really stuck. Like at some point it becomes, you, you, you'd rather die and not have it. And it seems kind of extreme. And yet it actually feels that way. Maybe not rather die. It's more like, You'd rather arrange to have it over anything else. It's like death isn't really in here. It's like, I'll do whatever. I would lie. I would sneak. I would, you know, I'd be on my way to, to a work meeting, you know, like business work meeting noon. And I'd redirect to my dealer and call in sick. You know, I'd cancel meetings. I could go get two hours later. I could go to my guy, <laughs> you know, but no, right then. You know, so it has that like immediacy, that urgency. Um, the the it it the, there was a bringing me to life aspect of of the use of getting high that I that I really really craved in life. So the third part, so the first part was sick and tired of being sick and tired. The second part is is being willing to ask for help because until I humbled myself and asked for help, there was nothing there. And then the third part was really to get an understanding of what is the benefit of this. So, so one of the ways I got help was through coaching. I, I hired a coach and, and my coach, I thought my coach was going to join me in ganging up on the substance and helping me, you know, with all the, all the reasons what is wrong. And he's like, he's like, 
bring it to the table. Like what, like find out more, like, what is this, what is this doing for you? What is this bringing for you? And that's kind of what Daniela teaches as well, where she'll say that it's a form of medicine. Like it's provide anything that you're, anything that you're so willingly, desperately, eagerly, forcibly keeping in your life, we call it an addiction, but it's actually providing something for us that we really deeply value, something that we really want. So, so like Daniela gives the example of, of there was a time, I don't know if this is still true, there was a time where the fastest growing cigarette smokers were young mothers, new mo- newish mothers. The fastest growing segment of people smoking cigarettes were new mothers. So what can you imagine the medicine of a cigarette is giving a new mother? So, so sure, cigarettes are bad for your health. There's nobody who would, who would really deny that. And yet at the same time, and I mean, even remember like it used to, like long time ago, everyone smoked everywhere and then you had to go outside. So it's not, it's time for, it's for herself. It's a break and it's outside. Like, no, like, oh, young mother smokes. You would never smoke around your kids. Right. So it's like step away from the hellions. Right. Like I, oh, mom, smoke cigarettes, go on outside. I'll see you in. So it's five minutes of a precious reprieve from that. I'm not a mother. And I, you know, from that, 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 where that, where all that comes together, right. Where the love is there and the mothering is there. And also it never stops. It never stops. Right. Some people have a, some people have, you know, husbands, partners, dads that are like equally involved. And it's probably kind of rare. There's usually a, a split up and usually the mothers bear most of the child facing time. So smoking is like, out you go. So I had to really do the inquiry around why do I have, why do I keep this in my life? What has this brought me for 15 years? And so I was able to look at my particular addictions and look at what was that bringing in? What was that helping me avoid? And what was that bringing me in? You know, so those, those inquiries were, were, were very, very helpful. And then, and then really the, the last thing is you can't, something that's been around like that sustaining and that long for me couldn't be quit through willpower alone. I got a lot of willpower, right? And you, you, you can't sustain. So willpower is like, you're energizing it. Like I will not do the thing today. Like come what may, I will not do the thing today. And you can maybe do that. You know, I tried that approach about a thousand times and sometimes I would succeed at that. And sometimes I'd not succeed at that. And even if I succeeded at that, you can't sustain that active defensive effort every day. I will not, I will do the thing. And, and if the thing is like, I would, I would take my stash and I would like put it in a jar and I'd wrap it in duct tape, you know, and I'd be like, do not open until Friday the 13th at 5 PM under pain of death, you know, and something that would work. And then that would, I'd be like, fuck this duct tape. (laughs) I'm through that duct tape in 12 seconds when I decide I'm not waiting till Friday. So you can't, there's only so long you can energize that kind of active, like you're the enemy, I'm pushing you away using your willpower, using your core center in this, I'm pushing you away. It's just unlikely to be successful. Instead, 
the, the addictions end when their reason, when the reasons why you've brought that into your life are no longer apply. That's really the, the, the beginning of the end. And, and until the reasons why it's there have been rendered unnecessary and do the 12-step programs, get the help, go to your pastor, go to your coach, go to your therapist, right? There's the, the doing the work. And then there's also the, what my coach taught me to do, which is to invite pot to tea, to invite marijuana to tea, come closer. Instead of you're the enemy, I hate you, but I love you, but I hate you. It was like, okay, just come closer. He didn't tell me to quit. You know, he's like, I don't care if you smoke or not. (laughs) It's like, bring it to the table. Come closer. Why are you here? Why are you in my life? And so when I stopped blaming the substance, then I was able to go a little bit deeper. And, and for me, in the end, it was an inquiry. It was Daniela led me through a, a coaching session with Byron Katie's, but Daniela wasn't my, the first coach I worked with. Um, and it, of course, she's my person. So at some point, she was, I was ready and she was able to lead me through an inquiry session and I was able to finally get at what, what I'm afraid of. Like, what am I? What am I using this to hide? And it was, and it was some really deep, very personal, it was a deep personal journey. And then that was it. And that was 2015. So seven years or something. And I quit and I quit drinking too. I mean, I've had glasses of wine since then. It's, I was never addicted to wine. It just made sense to just let all of it go. You know, you know, you can tell you're addicted to something if its absence changes your behavior. If it changes how you are in its absence, that's your sign. That's your litmus, right? I, I was not addicted to wine. Like if we were having a dinner party and I wanted to have a glass of wine, I could have a glass of wine. The next day I'm not like, must get bottles of wine. I didn't care. Like, you know, I could have a glass of wine and then not think about wine for three months. Um, not so with marijuana. So the, the sign that it, it is an addiction is if it's not there, do you get highly irritable, right? Does something change, right? If you, are you addicted to Facebook? I don't know. Can, do you care? Like, can you not look at Facebook for a week? If you cannot look at Facebook a week and not have it affect your mental state, not have it disturb you, like, yeah, I'm not looking at Facebook for a week. I was at a friend's once who lived in Washington, D.C., and and, you know, we would grow together and smoke together. And, and I went down there and, um, you know, he's like, I'm taking six months off. I'm like, cool. Yeah, that's a really great thing to do. I've done that once or twice and would kind of like to do that again. And then at one point I'm showering and I open up the closet and he's got this huge jar of pot in the closet, you know. And I'm like, dude, you got this huge jar of marijuana in the closet. He's like, yeah. I'm like, and you're not smoking. He's like, nah, I'm going to take like six months off. I'm like, okay. Illustration of person not addicted. Like it's literally there and he doesn't care. It wasn't like, I have to take time off because my life depends on it. I would get all super dramatic about it all. So for him, he'd be just like, nah, I'm just, you know, he was checking, right? Like, yeah, I'm going to not smoke for six months. No big deal. Six months later, he can hang out and get high with his friends because for him, it wasn't an addiction. Whereas for me, I was, you know, it was, it was constantly in my thinking. So yeah, it's a it's potent and it and it affects all of us sooner or later, whether it's personal or whether it's someone in our life. Yeah, one thing you can do is is, is you can is you can bring you know it's your time and your space and you can bring out 
what this medicine, the tobacco or the marijuana, and you can bring it out and not even with a, like, I'm not going to do this, you know, not even like with a, with a pre-decision around, like, I'm not going to, I am, or I'm not, or whatever, like, just allow a little space there, like get into the, get into the feelings, right? It's so complicated Our the layers of our feelings, right? We're, many of us are so disconnected um, from our, from our feelings. So you can bring it. It's like your time. It's 420. It's a nice day. You're in the woods, fully intended to enjoy the substances and, and, and allow a, and allow a little space there a minute or two. Don't like rush it. Like, welcome in the process, welcome the procedure, like experience the whole step of the way, experience the anticipation, experience the fragility, experience the nervousness, experience, like just see if you can slow the rush down a little bit and know full well that you're, you're absolutely welcome to enjoy it if you still want to, and you probably will still want to. There isn't even a, I shouldn't want to here, like give yourself like this is it. It's I'm in COVID. This is my time. This is my coping mechanism. I deserve this. I want this. You get to want it. And then when you're outside and you're the thing and like, like bring in a little more of the ritual if you can. And, and just keep asking yourself, what am I feeling now? Like, like find the, find the hurt that this is a, a, a soothing balm for like whatever that is. Every once in a while, I'll, I'll have a flashback of what that was like. You know, and it really, it really illustrates the power of the mind, you know, for how swiftly, you know, half that way that you can, like how swiftly the mind can switch, right? From, I know for me, it would be like, I'm definitely not. And then I definitely am like, I'm driving to the meeting and I'm calling my guy, like, are you available right now? And he'd be like, were you just here yesterday? Yeah. <laughs> you know, didn't you tell me yesterday you wouldn't see me for a week? I know, but I'm free. You know, I'd make up lies. Oh, I, I have a sudden space in my schedule because I'm getting ready to cancel the meeting. So the, 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 like the power of the mind to like so swiftly switch is like, like the power of the mind is everything. So all of this, everything, like this whole world in a way is a foil to give us the reflection of what's happening upstairs. Everything that you see, all the experience, everyone around you is in some way a reflection, right? There's some steps to go through for you to say, um, this is all me, you know, like we've heard the stories. You can't rush these steps. And yet, like in, the, in that moment of the car ride, like what happened in the world was a what happened in the world around me was a reflection of my mind, right? If I hadn't done this, the meeting would have happened. And I wouldn't have gone to the guy. Like it was me. I was responsible for this. So it really like brings you to, to recognize like the power uh, of your own mind or the, or the perception that we've yielded our power, right? That's a common thing. I've given up my power. Like, where's the power here? Like where, who's making these choices and where are these choices coming from? There's something deep. It's, it's you, like in the end, you're, cho- you're making the choice. And I think that's what my coach was trying to get me to understand that I am at choice here. And that's different than decision. Decision and choice are not the same word that I'm at choice here. And when you're making a choice and you're saying, yes, I am going to go enjoy this substance that I like so much. You're choosing that. So he was really trying to help me get to the place where I was acknowledging, I'm the one saying yes to this. 
and somehow being willing to say, being willing to acknowledge that I'm the one actually saying, no one's saying yes for me. I'm the one saying yes to this somehow opened up the possibility that eventually I was going to go fully into a, a no, thank you somehow. So it's there, it's there and it's possible. And this is part of the journey. And that was another thing that was helpful for me to recognize what this isn't supposed to not be happening, right? Like there's no problem here. You haven't made any mistakes. There's actually no problem here. You're alive. Your eyes are open. You're thinking, you're engaging in inquiry. You're asking questions. You're humbling yourself. This is the purpose. So your your life wouldn't have been better for you to not have gone through cocaine, alcohol, tobacco, marijuana. This isn't to have been avoided. This is your path. I would not be on this screen right now with you if I hadn't gone through that journey. I'd be some rich dick in New York City with a fucking yacht. That's what I was going to do. I was going to go use the brilliance that God gave me and win, win Wall Street. I'd be a billionaire right now if I hadn't gotten, if I hadn't gotten caught by marijuana. So this brought me to the path that humbled me and it brought me to the bigger questions in such a confronting way that I couldn't avoid them. Sure. I wanted to earn a million dollars when I was 20. You know, it wasn't like that was like not known to me. It's just that this like getting stuck quote stuck on this substance is it's the thing that humbled me. It's the thing that had me cry out for help. And when we cry out for help, God, goddess absolute says, of course, of course we'll help. Of course there's help for you. You just had to ask. I was the smart dude, the smart white Ivy league college grad dude that was not going to ask anyone for help. I wanted to go win. And so I literally wouldn't be here with you because marijuana and meditation, I mean, yoga and meditation were a key part of my pathway and meditation has become the replacement. Meditation is now where I can sit and feel that, that joy, that anticipation, that rush. Sometimes I feel up, sometimes I feel down. Sometimes I go into that other space where the thoughts aren't there, you know, so that it's very, very refreshing that in time and nature Right. I also noticed I almost always wanted to be alone in the woods. And so then when I would go alone in the woods and not bring anything with me, there was still some benefit there, (laughs) you know, going, sitting down by the water for a half hour. I don't have to smoke anything to sit down by the water for a half hour. And it's still, there's still a nourishment and a refreshment that's there. In the end, for each one of us, we can only share the path that we've walked. You know, I had, I had friends or co-helpers along that way, and they didn't experience substance abuse. Um, and so I would talk to them about it and they'd be like, why don't you just quit? I'd be like, yeah, must be nice. <laughs> How's the weather out there? You know, so, so the, 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 what you've experienced, every one of you is part of what's formed. We use in the Luminous Warrior, we use the symbol of a diamond. Do you know what are the two things that make a diamond a diamond? Pressure and time. Diamonds have never been made any other way. Tremendous pressure, not just like, not just like push your palms together, like tremendous pressure for a really long time, right? Not in five minutes, like a lot of pressure and a lot of time. And that's one of those things that if you tell somebody in the throes of addiction, they'll be like, yeah, screw you, you know? <laughs> and 
And that's what it was for me, like a lot of pressure for a really, really, really long time. And that was the thing that did it. Otherwise I wouldn't, I would have, I would be somebody else. You can't rush your journey. In the end, we're all six feet under. And all these things that happen along the way are part of this process of refinement. And, and we need that heat, like whatever brings the heat on for you, whether it's, you know, abusive relationship that eventually you say no more to, or whatever it is, like whatever brings the heat on, whatever brings the pressure, whatever gets you cooking so that you get focused and get moving. You know, there's an old saying, it's something like, Seek enlightenment like a person with their hair on fire seeks water, right? Adyashanti talks about this, and I think it's in the way of liberation, where he speaks about how it's really easy to get complacent on the spiritual path, right? To get to where, like, we've we've moved out of the uh, we've moved out of the, the the fire of the of the early things that really got us seeking, right? The the you know substance abuse or whatever that, that got us going. Like we've stepped away from that. We've made some steps. We've made some improvements. We've, we we're, our, our mind is a friendlier place to inhabit. And then we get a little complacent, you know, so that thing. So if you're in that, if you're cooking in that fire, um, you know, recognize that the, that fire is the fire of transformation and that it's, there's something vital about, about it. Like I can look back and all, there's almost a little nostalgia because now like, you know, I love my life. So it's like, why, what's, I enjoy sleeping in, in the mornings. Like I don't have the, like when I was in the throes of addiction, you bet your ass I was on my yoga mat at 4am. You know, I was desperate. I was trying to find a way out of my mess. And so the, whatever's bringing that fire on in, in a way as a kind of a teacher, 